Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, uh, earlier today, uh, Mike Tomlin confirming what we already kind of knew. that uh, T.J. Watt will not be available this weekend to play against the Buffalo Bills. And I would contend that the Steelers, who are 1-10 without Watt. Right, right. Game G didn't start, didn't play a dime. Right. Just a second in, right? Uh, That's his whole career. That's his entire career. Even, okay. Yeah, uh, I, th- I I contend that they're in better shape today to handle playing without Watt than they have been at any time in his career. I 100% agree. I know where you're going with this, and I won't steal your thunder, but I wrote an article that went live yesterday basically saying, boy, this is a big deal. You're losing Watt. But getting back the reinforcements at linebacker, but especially safety, probably moving Peterson back to corner, your other weaknesses became stronger. So I'm not saying the defense is better without Watt. It's not, but it might not be as bad as it sounds. And I know yeah. you have some other good stuff here too. Yeah, so I, I went back and looked uh, at what Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig have uh, done this season. Yeah. Together, they've produced 47 tackles, mm-hmm. 7 sacks, 11 tackles for a loss Wow. Uh, this season. In 421 defensive snaps. Yeah. I mean, they play like – Herbert played two snaps the other day and or two weeks ago, got a huge play and a pressure. You know, I yeah. mean, Golden's out there sometimes 15 snaps, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's into the 20s. But they make them count. If if they – put it this way, if somebody started all season for the Steelers and mm-hmm. had 42, 47 tackles, seven sacks, and 11, tackle, or 11 tackles for a loss, would be like – yeah, it was a pretty decent. Pretty year. good year, right? Right. Yeah. You know, let alone, they did this in 421 snaps. Yeah, say well under 500 snaps. I mean, usually over the course of some people might not quite understand what that correlates to. I'm not sure how many snaps the defense played, but it's it was probably 1100 or so. Yeah, you know, something like that. So about between a, the two, around yeah. a third of the snaps that they played this they season, they were out. Either one of those guys was out there. Yeah. The combination of the two was out there. And as as Golden, I, I talked to Malik Golden or Marcus Golden. I yeah. keep calling him Malik. There was a Malik Golden. Marcus, mm. as I talked to Marcus Golden. After the game on Sunday, because he had a big sack in that game. Yeah, he played well. And I'm like, you know, you, you know, you're not going to TJ is, you know, he's like, I was just happy to be out there in one of those weighty moments because I haven't been out there in weighty moments all season long because it's always TJ out there. Yeah, of course. Of it's course. always high school. When it is situational, yeah. those guys get the, the weighty moments. Right. So, you know, oftentimes on, on key third down situations, they're not even on the field. Mm hmm. Yeah, like they're just out of, there, you know, and when the team's on the other side of the third of the fifty, yeah, a lot of times, first to ten, yeah. second, yeah, and then they come trotting back <laughs> in and right, no, hundred percent. And you know, the other thing is, boy, would they have killed for either one of those guys last year? Oh my you know god! I mean, I mean, Reed and some of those dudes they were trotting out there did their best and all, but they weren't close to the impact players either one of these guys is. And you wonder, I mean, if they, all those numbers you cited are great, but if the 
doubled their snaps and they played a thousand between the two of them. Would it be the same? It probably yeah. wouldn't. Is double, less more? But, or, right, right, right. But right. you might. You, it might not be. It might just be a situation where you need them this week. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is potential for Watt if the Steelers were to advance past this game, mm-hmm. could be back against Baltimore in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we were talking about a little of this yesterday. We we're definitely talking off the air before we went live just now. The weather's going to be so bad. I doubt there's going to be a lot of drop back passing. Yeah. So I certainly trust Golden to, what we were talking about yesterday, keep Allen in the pocket, you know, a power rusher on the edge, and to do well against the run game. I mean, I, I think he excels that way. Herbig, frankly, I don't know. I mean, he, yeah. has he ever played 40 snaps, you know, in a heavy run situation since college? No. I mean, who, who knows, really? But well, he's a good football player. What I expect is Golden to start. Yeah, yeah. And Herbig to be the, the fastball that they bring in when somebody mm-hmm. needs a blow. Either one of them. You know, yeah. Because not, Heisman's not going to play every snap either. He right. might play 85% or whatever. Um, any chance, I think this ship has sailed. It was more of a desperation thing. But do you think Leal gets a hat and stands up at all? Well, here's how they're here's how they're, they're they've done this mm-hmm. over the course of the season. Um, when they need, or when they're playing a run heavy team, mm-hmm. uh, Leal is the active player. Yeah, he's not always. Or no, I'm sorry, uh, when it's louder milk. Yeah. yeah, louder milk against the run heavy teams. Yeah, yeah. Leal against the pass heavy teams. When everybody's healthy and yeah. Cam's in there and everybody's could go. That's how right. they've handled that. Yes. Now in this situation, because of you know you're going to be down a linebacker, and you know that mm-hmm. you know uh, that Watt's not going to play. He's going to be inactive. You could technically keep an extra defensive lineman active right. for this game than you typically would, mm-hmm. which and doesn't so it help be you a lot on teams. But right. You know, right, 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 and you do have some safeties coming back, and maybe you want to be, you know, your active roster. Maybe you want a safety instead of a another 300 pounder, 285 pounder. But I was just thinking. What if you have an injury at outside linebacker right. mid-game? You know, you'd like to have Liao at least out have that possibility. You know? Yeah. Well, so that may that may be something that they do in this game, and and you know, give him the op- opportunity to play maybe both spots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how they've been breaking that down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they're down on him or no, they love no. water milk more or anything like that. And you know, it's one of the unique things that you have to worry about with Buffalo. To some of your points, yeah, they've been run heavy at home. The run-heaviest team in the league, more or less. Actually, the Steelers have been really run-heavy on the road, too. Yeah. Yeah. But you still have to defend Josh Allen. Oh, that's part (laughs) of the problem. And he's part of the reason they're so run-heavy, too. The last two weeks, he's been running like crazy. Um, He's always been a big runner, but the last two weeks, it's been designed runs. They're basically playing playoff games, which this is a playoff game. They're not going to shy away from that at all. So you wonder, though, the combination of the Bills being – Probably way more run heavy than people realize, and weather. I mean, are there going to be much throws in this game from either team? I mean, it makes me, it makes me think the game might be over in an hour and a half. You know, like yeah, right. <laughs> but that's not very Bills like either. I mean, the way you think about them. I mean, Josh Allen's a superstar quarterback. Well, and then you start looking at which team would that benefit more, and I think I it, think the Steelers. I think it benefits the Steelers because, believe it or not, their run defense is better. Yeah, and it just shortens a game, right? I mean, it, you're it, shortening a game against a superior, yeah, a, a you're, team you're a with dog more there. offensive right, talent. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, I think shortening the game is absolutely you know beneficial to for the Steelers. Uh, I was trying to find the numbers because they're they're much more run heavier than I thought, but I'll find it in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I went back through the last I don't know six seven seasons. I, I went back throughout Watt's career to look at this. They haven't had anybody remotely as good as. 
either one either of those, one of those guys. either one yeah, of them, let alone, let alone both, both of them. Like they would have loved to have either one of them last year. Yeah, you're right. And you really have to go back to the the best, I guess, foursome that they had was when they had Arthur Motes and Anthony Ciccolo behind James Harrison and Bud Dupree. The problem was. Mm-hmm. None of those guys had a bunch of sacks that year. Moats had three and a half. Chicolo had two and a half. I think Harrison had like five, and Dupree had, or maybe six or seven. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Twenty fifteen, and Dupree had like four because he missed all but seven games oh, that okay. season. Okay. So you know, Moats and Chicolo had some sacks, but they were also starting a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. So they were playing a lot. I mean, certainly on a per snap basis, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, to what Herbig and Golden yeah. done. So I mean, really, right. you kind of have to go back, maybe even a bit farther. To when they had Jason Worlds, okay, behind Harrison, and, pick, yeah, right, behind yeah. Harrison and uh, Lamar Woodley, okay, when they had somebody who was at this level of player. I mean, you could argue there's a lot of stints where Golden or Herbig just would have started over the guys in front of them. You know, oh, yeah. They were out there. Yeah. I mean, like even maybe on Bud at one point in his career. I mean, this, person... this, I don't want to say that, you know it's it's as good as Harrison backing up. Joey Porter. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there. <laughs> but those guys didn't have a lot either. I mean, right. like this might be the best foursome they've ever had. You know, that yeah. I can remember. I'm trying to think who was behind like Green and Lloyd. I mean, I really mean there were back. there were times when they had like when they had Green and Lloyd, they also had Vrabel. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. things like that. So I mean, they were always was... drafting these guys in third, fourth round and developing yeah. them, the Porters of the world. So real quick on the run stuff, the. Bills are 27th, the Steelers are 28th in terms of passing percentage. So, therefore, you're at the top of the running world. Yeah. But over the last three weeks, Buffalo is 30th in throwing percentage, and the Steelers are 32nd. I mean, they're under 40%. And then no one throws the ball at a lower clip at home than the Bills, and no one runs the ball at a lower – and no one throws the ball a lower percentage on the road than the Steelers for the year. So, like, if you mix that with weather – you got to think this is a running game, whether it's Allen, Cook, whomever. Well, I know? think I mean I think we saw what it was a different kind of weather in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rain is much different than snow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you still, if you're going to colder there, though. it's going to be colder, and you're yeah. going and the wind gusts are going to be more. Now, the wind, I think, is the bigger concern. That's the bigger bigger concern, and you're looking at winds that might be as you know in the thirty to forty mile an hour range. Mm-hmm. Anything over twenty is. Yikes. I mean, there's more to it than just having a big arm dealing with wind. Like, Eli Manning got really good with it in, yeah. in that giant stadium, but he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. But you got to think that favors Allen. I mean, just no one has a bigger arm in the league, and it's his home stadium. You would think he handles the wind but better than the But if it's gusting, then it's bad for everybody. Then it's bad for everybody. Right, because right. you don't know. When the ball leaves your hand. Mm-hmm. Or your foot. <laughs> yeah. And a second, a second later, the wind, you know, the, the ball's yeah. halfway in the air, and all of a sudden the wind gusts. Mm-hmm. And it, and it just knocks it down. You yeah. can't you can't judge for that. Yeah, I mentioned Eli, but I remember seeing interviews with Phil Sims and Eli about they understood how the wind swirled in that stadium and learned how to throw yeah. sort of respectively. There was tricks to the it's trade like, a little it's, bit. You know, it's you like know? it's like okay, I, when you're lining up a golf shot, well, I get the wind at 15 miles an hour from my you know, from right to left. I'm gonna have to th- set the ball out a little bit more to the mm-hmm. right because it's gonna drift back this way. Right. But if that wind is 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 gusting and swirling, as soon as it goes off the club, yeah, I mean you don't know, right? A lot of times, like when people think kickers shank them, which they do sometimes, like anybody else, but a lot of it's because they're setting up for how the wind is, and then it changes once it leaves their foot. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) or you've just got that steady wind in your face, and you Mm -hmm. just can't cut through it. Can't cut through it. Now, I just said that that favors Allen. I, I mean, in terms of piercing the wind with a powerful throw. 
I would take him over anyone yeah. in terms of generating RPMs. But he also throws a lot of picks, and he, he writes if, a lot of checks. That yeah, his, his, uh, I mean his arm cash. cashes a lot. But <laughs> I mean he is a risk taker, and I'll bet. I mean, Alan, you take whatever guarantee you want with Tim on on the pregame show, but I'm, I would say I'll take the over-under at like one and a half interceptions thrown. I mean, I bet he throws the Steelers at least one. Yeah. Is that enough for them to win? Who knows? But if he's rolling right and wants to gun one left in a gust, it might hang up there no matter how yeah, strong not happening. Is. You yeah. know what I mean? That kind of stuff. You have to play differently in that kind of he way. He needs to have a different mindset than he yeah. usually does. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I don't know... I don't know if he's capable. I don't know of that. if he has that in him. You know, yeah. that's what's fun about him. That's what's infuriating about <laughs> he's him. He's got a right. little bit of Brett Favre. In oh, him. so much, so much. Yeah. I mean, those guys that are ultra talented gets away with it. You know, I mean, that Dolphins game is the epitome of it. First half, he looks like a double agent, and then he takes <laughs> over. You, you know, he throws two end zone picks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like it, I, right? I remember texting him like, "Does he want to go to Kansas City?" Like, is that <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So no, he's a phenomenal player, but he's a very much a roller coaster. You know. Yeah. So and the weather might. Hurt him more than others, and you know, for for every one of those throws he makes, he'll make two or three wild throws, mm-hmm. uh, which is why you live with that. Oh yeah. But if 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 you're limiting the passes in a game, you know, if this turns into a game like last week, I mean, you know, the, I was surprised the Ravens threw it 27 times as it was. Yeah, good point. Um, in the rain like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it turns into that kind of game, if if Buffalo says, well, we're just going to play our offense, I mean, yeah. 27 throws is not a lot. No, in a game. But, but it is in that kind of weather. And mixing the weather and all those things. So I would think on a lot of third and eights, you're going to see Allen scramble. You yeah. Know? I mean, the Steelers don't have that club in their bag as a running quarterback with 10 blockers. But I. But you, you can, can run the ball in early downs. You can keep out yeah. of those third and eights. And things, or, I mean, you know? we've, we've seen Jalen Warren get more than his share of uh, oh. third and longs this season just by, okay, I'm going to get – he gets up to speed and then just goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his explosive run rate and all that stuff yeah. is really, really high. Yeah, so it's it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup in, yeah. in terms of that. But I, I don't see not having. I mean, obviously, you'd love to have Watt out there. Make. Oh. You know, it, it, I said that like ten times. In the I, I wonder how Doesn't much. Doesn't mean it's okay not to have Watt. You know. Right? Wonder how much that affected the line. The spread. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Two or three points. I bet. I'll, I'll bet at least. There's yeah. there's probably not many defensive players that you would look at that you would get that mm-hmm. kind of. And plus, I think Joe Average better is like, well, the Steelers are in trouble anyways, and their best dude's out. They're in trouble. And maybe not accounting for smaller things. I mean, Watt going out is a massive thing, but smaller things like, well, the weather and coming back with Minka and no one's thinking about KZ and some of the options that presents, too, is I think your back seven's a lot better than, yeah. than in the last couple of weeks. I think it matches up. Time. I think it matches up with Buffalo actually pretty well. Pretty well, yeah. For a team that basically... They have other guys, but mm-hmm. it's really a two-man passing game. I don't know how I mean, we'll get into Gabe Davis. I don't know that he's going to play. Yeah, but if you can have one of those safeties, maybe Minka on Kincaid a high percentage and Porter on Diggs a high percentage, I'll take my chances. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll take my chances. Yeah, if Khalil Shakir is going to beat you, yeah, if, yeah. If, if Dawson Knox is going to beat you, mm-hmm. so be it. I mean, I will say we were just talking about Warren. So this morning I was doing. Running back stats for my packet. I was just, you know, really p- concentrating on the running back position. And Warren's receiving numbers are basically as good as anyone in the leagues. I mean, they're elite. They're right there with McCaffrey. But James Cook's right there with them, you know, in yeah. terms of I mean, the explosive catch rate. You know, they detach him a ton. 
Um, he aligns on the outside more than just about any back in the league. Same with the slot. So that's been something they've done certainly since the uh, the coordinator change in particular. But he's also a dangerous pass catcher. Yeah, I'm, st- so. I'm still not seeing anything out there in Rizul Douglas, which to me is a huge... Him and Davis are both pretty big deals to me. Yeah. I mean, I know their left tackle, Dawkins... Th- Left that game and came back, but that was because he had a big cut on his hand. I mean, yeah. he's going to play. I mean, he was bleeding everywhere. It was a mess. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely a mess. I like, couldn't imagine it was fun going back, but I'm sure he'll be fine for this game. Yeah, I can't find anything. Like, I see all these injury reports on everybody else. Really? But I'm not seeing anything on... It's probably on purpose. Razul Douglas. Um, well, I mean, here... I don't think he came back in the game. Here they're just saying questionable. Um, Tyrell Dodson, questionable. Uh, Ty Johnson, the running back question. Well, Damian Harris is on injured reserve. But mm-hmm. he's, yeah, And then Deion Dawkins, you know, they list. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, we still got Wednesday, Thursday practices and stuff to yeah. dig into. Um, but it's not like they got through that game healthy last week. No, no. They lost a couple key guys. And, and yeah, there's no question about it. I, I think Douglas and Davis, and I'm not the biggest Davis fan, but. We saw that he could hurt you down the field oh, recently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't just ignore him, that's for sure. Or I don't know that Peterson or Wallace can, you know, stay with him in a foot race. You know, just yeah. a flat-out go route, you know, fastest guy wins. He probably wins that race. Um, but those, I think, are the guys that are interesting. You know, I mean, could Diggs own Porter? Of course. You know, I mean, could Kincaid rip you up? Of course. But with weather and I might leave those guys on islands even more, you know, with a spy in the middle of the field, yeah. things like that, you know. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see how much this, or if the Steelers do spy mm-hmm. Allen, how they treat him in this game. Yeah, he's been um, a lot lately. You know, when they beat the Bills up there in the season opener two years ago, mm-hmm. um, it was Watt that made the game-changing play. Yeah, yeah. He had to chase them down from behind and forced the uh, forced a fumble there. Um, but at that point, Highsmith wasn't still well, he wasn't Alex Highsmith. He wasn't the same guy at that point either, yeah. right? And we did see, like I noticed after after Watt went out against uh, Baltimore, all of a sudden, Highsmith started getting double teams pretty consistently. Oh, yeah. Every time like, they went drop back to pass, it was, okay, double Highsmith. Yeah, I mean, he obviously has the reputation. I mean, he's not sneaking under the radar. They fear both those guys. It's just one scarier than the other. One thing I've been going back and forth on in my cranium a little bit is, well, if the back seven is better like we think it is, and I'm, I mean, on paper, it certainly is for this game, assuming Minka, KZ, everybody's back. Does that give you the freedom to blitz more? Yes, it does, but that doesn't mean I'd do it. You know, yeah. especially if footing's not great. I mean, I may even drop eight once in a while. You know, I mean, like, I'm not sure bringing the house to go after Allen is smart. No, I just I want to keep changing things up on him. Yeah. And I wouldn't even be opposed to at times bumping Highsmith over to the right side. There was a little of that after Watt went out. Yeah. I don't remember seeing it before. It was yeah. kind of alarming. Just to me. just bump him over there just because mm-hmm. again, if they're going to double, okay, you're going to set it up and double him on the on the on the blind side. Okay, we're going to rush him from this side, especially when Herbig's up, yeah. in there mm-hmm. because Herbig's used to coming off of the blind side. Right, right, right. Whereas Golden's been on in Watt's spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as as good a receiver James Cook is Blitz pickup's not going to be his bag either, you know. No, I mean if no. they're using him as the double. No, he's interesting. He's got arms. I mean, he's he's not he's a, a classic tight end. Yeah, yeah. And Cook. I'm talking about the the back. Well, Cook yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a smaller one. And Kincaid certainly. You're 100 right. Is, yeah. he's more receiver than he is anything. 
which makes Knox kind of the blocker, which isn't exactly what he does either. Right. So it's going to be an interesting matchup mm-hmm. with that stuff. We'll see how the uh, injury reports play out here for the Bills as we move forward. Those two names I'm really intrigued with. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to a break. He is the Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson, and uh, this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, Matt, um, the Steelers have moved their practice on Wednesday, their first of the week, mm-hmm. uh, to Acrisure Stadium because the practice fields at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex have gotten soaked. They've just been getting drenched. And huh? they want to practice outside in the elements. Okay. Okay. So why don't they just go indoors? I mean, that's, that's why they have an they indoor. They could do that, but, but they want to go outside and simulate Sunday. I assume while, yeah. Acre, you know, the field at Acrisure Stadium has been covered. I assume it's been in, covered. They yeah. never cover the back ones or that, I, that I'm aware of, the, the practice ones, I mean. Uh, have, you, have you ever seen those covered? I don't think so. Mm, um, no. 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 I've never seen them covered. Yeah. So um, that makes sense. I mean, it's just been a swampy, wet, Everyone knows it this is what here. it was like. Really, this was this weather that we've had in Pittsburgh the last twenty four mm-hmm. hours is what was happening in Baltimore. I could imagine that entire yeah, day. Yeah, just I mean, I walked <laughs> outside to grab the mail or whatever today, and was like, oh, first time out of the building, I was like, oh, it's terrible out here. Let alone spending you know hour after hour after hour playing a game. So we do think Buffalo weather will be different, but more challenging possibly. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not going to be gentler, that's for sure. But wet is a problem. I mean, right. ball security and all those type of things. But now we're going to have some serious weather coming up. Um, interesting that they did decide, let's not just go to the indoor. You know, we'll, we'll bus over. Not that it's super far, but it's one more logistical thing you got to deal with. And yeah. you got to get all the equipment over there and all that kind of stuff, too. So it's pain in the butt for some people. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, you know, it's playoffs. And, yeah. you know, you, you think it gives you an edge, do it. Right. That's what you do. Um, speaking of edges. Yeah. The Steelers are in the playoffs because the Tennessee Titans mm. won on Sunday. Thank you very much. And then Mike Vrabel gets fired today. Yeah. I don't know if he's upset about it. Like, I think he may end up in New England. I don't know if Ohio State is an option, but he, I've heard that as well. Like, I kind of feel like he was ready to get out of there. Yeah, And it's been brewing now for really since the A.J. Brown trade. You know, you brought yeah. that up off the air. Well, I can remember seeing video oh, when, they, when that trade went through – um, they had a camera in the mm-hmm. Titans uh, media or in their draft room, and he was not happy. About not it. happy at all. Like he left to physically, like, blah, yeah, and, and w- right. walked out of the room. And they drafted Burks, who has never been close to a replacement. But that was a money move, I and mean, we're not going to pay AJ Brown, so we turn him into a first round pick, draft a receiver there, and it's not exactly Diggs going and then drafting Justin Jefferson. You no, know it I mean? was not a one for one trade. No, and it wasn't like you <laughs> made out and got younger and don't have to pay him until now. So I can see why he's fired up, especially with Henry and Tannehill being the age they were when they were. And, you know, they had four straight losing or winning seasons when he got there. Yeah. yeah they were the number one seed a couple of years ago. So really successful coach. If he wants to coach, I'm sure he won't be out there long. No, I, I would think so as well. But, you know, now the question becomes who's the, who's the next coach there? What yeah. do they try to do? And what direction do they try to go? Well, it seems They're like clearly been, right now. Yeah. Fourth in that division, right? Oh, I think. Yeah. I think so. And especially in terms of quarterbacks, you know, who you trust. Levis may end up being fine, but Stroud, Richardson's a, still an incomplete, of course. Lawrence, but you got four 
exciting young quarterbacks. And if I were to put a chip down, Levis would be the one I bet on last. Yeah, he would yeah. be fourth on that list. Fourth on the list. And the impression he got, it was Vrabel and management, but the new GM have been kind of button heads. heads. Adolfi Menza is a real analytics guy. I mean, he's a number-crunching dude, and that's not Vrabel at all, obviously. And my hunch is ownership just kind of looked at it and said, real quick, just to rewind, after that Titans win, Derrick Henry gets on the mic and starts addressing the fans like, you know, there's no chance I'm coming back, basically. Yeah. I mean, my hunch is ownership is going to mandate. They're going to say they're going to blow it up. They're going to blow it up. I think Tannehill's gone. Henry's gone. They're by no means are they going to go sign guys like DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Maybe trade, you know, some of the younger, older dudes for picks. Byard already got moved at the deadline. I think they, I bet they're the type of team that's going to try to get one of these young offensive play caller types to work on Levis. Yeah. And now you get to wonder, coach, like, you knows? know, what do they do with, like, Simmons and guys like that? That He's the one that could get a lot, Yeah, but maybe he's a building block. Right. You know. Uh, but I'd certainly be interested in Simmons if he was available. Oh, I think everybody would be. They just re-signed him. I mean, so you wouldn't have to pay a signing bonus. I mean, so uh, they don't have a lot of pieces they can move, though. They really don't. I mean, Tannehill I mean, the offensive line's Lee. a mess. Right. The, the secondary's kind of a mess. Not great. Yeah, yeah, their pass defense has been a problem. I mean, who are their young pieces? I mean, the guys they've drafted lately haven't hit greatly, you know. Yeah. Um. So, no, I think they're in a bad spot. and. I think it's a safe bet that they'll be the longest shot to win that division when the odds come yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. If if you look at it, um, the other three teams in the division were all fighting for playoff spots, mm-hmm. and you weren't. And frankly, one of your best attributes to win a game this time of year was Rabel. Yeah, was your head coach. <laughs> was your head coach. Yeah. And now you're just going to try to rework the whole thing, which I get. I mean, hey, he was there a while, and they wanted. Get young, and they look at the division and go, "We got a lot of young quarterbacks. We got to fight with." Tannehill's probably not going to get us there anymore. And they'd have been, they had a good run. But it's one of the toughest things about this, you know. So it's not just Vrabel getting fired. I would assume all of his assistant coaches are gone too. I would assume like, so. Yeah. You might. I mean, you know, these these are guys that may be good at their jobs. No, oh, I'm sure plenty you of know? them are. Yeah, but it just became a situation where that you know I, I don't think that Vrabel, to your point, that Vrabel and management saw things the same way. Right? Yeah, I really don't. I think so they the rest see... of them lose their job because the mm-hmm. head coach couldn't get along with the. Yep. Yep. And I bet a lot of them are quite good at their job. And I never thought they were a poorly coached team. You know, like I understood yeah. Atlanta. You know, I'm like, yeah, I get it. This is similar in some ways to what happened in 2000 with the Steelers after the '99 season. Mm-hmm. When it was obvious to 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 Dan Rooney that <laughs> Bill Cowher and Tom Donahoe can't coexist anymore. Yeah, right. These are two very important people in yeah. your, in your room. They need to be they don't have to be friends, but they have to respect each other and coexist. Right, right. And you know, Dan Rooney decided that hey, I can I can find a a guy who can evaluate talent. Mm-hmm. I've got a good head coach. I want to keep him. He mm-hmm. should be the guy I keep happy. Yeah. Well, this is the exact opposite of that. Exact opposite, yeah. Everybody that you would ask in the NFL would agree that Mike Vrabel is a good football coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, top 10 probably. Yeah. I mean, at least maybe slightly worse than that, maybe. But Why I mean, you would let the situation after just six years reach a point where mm-hmm. we don't want that guy anymore is beyond me. Unless, I mean, you also don't want Vrabel to be 
super powerful either. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's good at personnel. I mean, he doesn't have to be completely. I, I, to me, that's why what the steel, how the Steelers have their their management set up, yeah, is the way to do it. Um, the GM doesn't have control over the head coach. The head coach doesn't have control over the GM. They yeah. both answer to one guy. Mm-hmm. Right. But the they're, the they have equal power in the team. Now, there may be some situations where the head coach gets a little more say in some things. Oh, sure. Because he's the one. He's cooking the meals. Mm-hmm. But In some situations, in yeah. other situations not. You know, I mean, like, general manager is more than just in charge of the roster. Right. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot. Of, they they generally manage. <laughs> they manage in a very general manner. <laughs> I mean, generally, you know, they do a lot of stuff. You know, and that's true with pretty much all organizations. They're not just bean counters. They're not just scouts. You know, I mean, it's, they, what, they, it's funny to me because I, you know, a few weeks ago, yeah. when we were going through all the, what, is this Mike Tomlin? Is he done in Pittsburgh? Blah 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 blah. And I saw stuff out there from people like Omar Khan needs to go to him and tell him to do this. That's not what happens That's here. That's not really the way that That's works. That's not the way this works. There's one only, guy could tell him. There's only one person who yeah, gets yeah. to tell him, you know, hey, Mike, you're going to do this, or hey, Omar, you're going to do this. And, mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's what happened in Jacksonville today. Like, a lot of their assistants got let go. And you look at the Jags, like, I was talking about on my podcast today. Like, if you rewind 365 days right going into the playoffs last year, the Jags looked almost like – the Texans do now. Yeah. Boy, optimism. Young quarterback. We got rid of a terrible coaching situation. The dark days are done. We're ready to take over the division. And it didn't go that way at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, especially in the second half of the season for the Jags. So I'm sure ownership came to head coach and GM and said, all of you go or some of your guys are going. And your seats are hot as can be. Get it fixed, and you got one year to do it. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that's how that went down. It was curious to me that they got rid of the defensive pl- mm-hmm. coaches. Now the defense wasn't great. None of it was great. But is yeah. I mean, don't you look at the the people working with Trevor Lawrence and say, uh, we're not getting enough out of the guy that was the number one overall pick who was supposed to be a generational talent. In some ways, yes. But he's Lawrence is the guy I blame the least for all the problems in that organization, to be honest with you. He has bad moments. I mean, too many bad moments. But I think he's the biggest asset they have. And, oh, I understand that. Yeah, I'm I mean, not saying that, that. That's two different conversations. But, yeah. but they have not gotten the most out of him. No. I mean, it's also a – Greg Cosell says this a lot. It's a curse. He hates the generational talent thing. You know, like everyone's talking about Caleb Williams. I, I heard a really good conversation about Lawrence – if he only turns into Matt Ryan, only turns into Matt yeah. Ryan, people are going to be un- upset with him. Like, Matt Ryan's a borderline Hall of Famer. If they were to use the first pick of Atlanta on uh, Matt Ryan, they'd Took have been the team very to the Super happy. Bowl and was right. an NFL MVP. An MVP. I mean, yeah. that's, he's one of the top ten quarterbacks of that generation. You know, I mean, right behind Rivers or someone like that. Like, that should be good enough. But it, I don't know that people would think that is for Lawrence. You know, I mean, uh, so... He's been really good, but he also had a lot of bad moments this year for sure. Yeah. Putting the ball in harm's way, bad decisions. But then there's goofy things like the Jags led the league in drops, you know, or a lot of their receivers run wrong routes, a lot of in, uh, really bad running game. You know, like he elevated people around him still, but you can't overcome incompetence either. You, you, you know? can't, um, but they won. But where they were a year ago they, from now, it should be better. They're right? one win down the stretch. They oh. won one game. Lawrence was they were zero and five with Lawrence as a starter. That was the game he stretch. didn't play, huh? And they won the game he didn't play with with uh, 
CJ, it was against Panthers, right? Yeah, still. But still, it was CJ. He Beathard. was zero and five. I'm I'm listening to a show. I was listening to Sirius on the yeah. way, on the drive to Baltimore, and they had a Jaguars reporter on, and he was talking about, you know, how they had really found something because they, you know, in that game when they didn't have Lawrence. Lawrence they leaned on their running game. They actually ran the ball a little they bit. They ran yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. Like ATN started the season great. Yeah. And then I don't understand nothing you know, that game against against the, the, the Titans on Sunday. They barely ran the ball at all. I know. I know. They I'm, put it all on Lawrence's plate and, and and those receivers that are running wrong routes. Yeah, and so that's to me right. is some coaching malpractice. Yeah, right. I mean, so I don't I don't have a problem with making coaching moves there, but I think they just kind of made a half effort to do it and Peterson goes in the next year with a hot seat. Well, I understand. Yeah, I mean, but, I just don't understand. You fire the. You're telling me the entire defensive staff was awful. They all got. Right. It. They all have right, to go. Right, right. The offense. You guys were fine. Definitely not. True. It can't possibly right, be right, the right. case. It's not there had that to be side, one side. guy on the defensive side of that who did his job and was pretty good at it. Oh, probably half of them did. Or, yeah. you know, quite a few of them. Just, did. At right, least right. one. As opposed to, I just think it's an offensive-minded head coach, so his size gets a pass, which. Life's not fair. Wouldn't make me want to work for Doug Peterson. I know that. No, I mean, I think he throws those guys under the bus. They got thrown under the bus. Basically what happened. Couldn't have possibly been my offensive guys. Right, right. Again, I think ownership comes to him and says, changes are being made. Either all of you or some of you, it's your choice. Well, get rid of those guys. Yeah. And everybody knows it, and that's not cool, but... I mean, I am a Lawrence apologist. I will not regret that one bit. He also had like a thousand injuries at the end of the season. I get it. You know, like... To your point, run the ball. So <laughs> it would take something off his plate. Are you, are you telling me then right. that their offensive line coach did a great job? Right, getting him beat getting, up. getting your your number one asset killed all mm-hmm. season long. Mm-hmm. And now they're in a tough spot because they don't have cap space. I mean, they they kind of went all they in. maxed out. Yeah, they, they go get the Ridleys out. and those guys. They can't improve, and they're not picking high. You know, so they took a shot and won a rookie contract, and now they're in trouble. This is the tough thing about this this time of the year. Yeah, you know, a month ago, um, people would have said the same thing about the Steelers. Oh, you got to get rid of all the the entire offensive staff has mm-hmm. to go. Right. Still feel that way now. Yeah. Now there's more rumblings of. I mean, even the the the, the roughest of Steeler fans. Well, maybe they should keep. Maybe they don't need an offense coordinator. You, you, know, you hear these little whispers like. Wouldn't dare say that from out like from I had, under me. I, I literally had other reporters come to me and, and say, "Well, they need to just fire the entire offensive staff." And I'm like, "Really? You're going to fire the offensive line coach?" Because, yeah, I said, uh, do, we, do we think the O line coach is bad? The receivers coach? I yeah, mean, like, some of these guys. I think some of these guys have done a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. like I, you just you, you're going to fire them all. Well, they just need something different. Eh, no, something I, different's not always the move. It's not always the move to make. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying there might there there definitely won't be changes. I, I don't know the answer to that, but. Changes just for changes isn't good. It's not the way to do things. It's, no. it's not the way the Steelers do things. Mm-hmm. And the O line's a great example. I mean, look how much better it's gotten throughout the season. Or you yeah. know, developing Broderick Jones. You know, what I mean, guys like that. So, yeah, it makes sense. I, I just, you know, I, I cringe when when I see, and, and maybe it's because, you know, I, I've been covering this team for thirty two years now, mm-hmm. and in thirty two years, I've seen three losing seasons. <laughs> Like it, it seems to work pretty well with what they do. Their way of the doing way business, they do things the way seems they treat to people, work. Yeah, yeah. It ends up in wins. Yeah, and I the, see these other teams, these other organizations make knee jerk reactions like sure. that, and it just it boggles my mind. Yeah, you know the yeah. The, the guy in Carolina is going to be on what his fifth head coach in oh, three seasons or whatever. <laughs> Jacksonville's on a pretty good run. On, you yeah. know, I mean, a I lot mean, of these teams have made a lot of moves lately. It's just hard to build anything that way. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's a small, small example, but I've said it a lot. I mean, just 
the year I was with the Browns, we scouted all year for a Butch Davis stack four three old school, you know, linebackers that could run, upfield penetrators. And that's when four threes and three fours were a lot different in the yeah. day. Oh yeah. And then Romeo gets hired and he wants Vince Wilfork and McGinnis. And like, well, I gotta throw all these reports. I mean, every scouting report yeah. I'm I have to look through different eyes. I mean, that's just a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. those guys just didn't fit what you... Yeah. Some of them would, but yeah, well, yeah, not all of them. Would. Most I mean, of them wouldn't. People probably don't remember. I mean, like, this is really going down a rabbit hole, but Glenn Dorsey was like the fourth pick in the draft in LSU by the Chiefs, and he was Warren Sapp. I mean, yeah. he was an upfield penetrating D tackle. So they draft him, and they're bad, fourth overall or something like that. And he shows flashes as a rookie, and then they bring in a 3-4 and ask him to be a nose. You know, like, that poor guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... What are we doing here? You know, yeah. just trade me that. That's not three, what he is. That's yeah. not what he is at all. You know, like, and then he kind of fizzled out. Like, yeah, of course he did. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, back in those days, um, it was a big difference. We talk about it all the time with the Steelers because they were they were one of like maybe eight teams that ran a three four at one point, much less. And less, yeah, yeah, yeah there were times four, when it was less yeah. than that. So it made it easy to find the Joey Porters oh. and the Jason Gill. You could take those guys in the third round. They'd be first rounders because nobody nobody drafted those guys because you you were looking for four three ends. Right. Those were like uh, the Iowa State kid that the Jets took, McDonald. Yeah. You know, like he goes in the first round. Now he was quote a tweener. He was two thirty five, two forty, whatever he was. That's Gilden. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Porter, you know? I so mean, when you when make these out kind school. of changes, you're changing a lot. Mm-hmm. You're changing not just not just the scheme, but maybe who you need to play in that scheme. Yeah, right. I mean, all the things that, I mean, the Minkas of the world can do everything, but right. there aren't many. So changes usually mean a step back. Right. You're taking a step yeah. backwards. I mean, I hope most owners at least realize that. If we're going to make a big change, first thing that's going to happen is we're going to go backwards. And then maybe we'll take some steps forward from there. But that's probably how it's going to go. I mean, that's what we talked about this year with the Ravens and why we thought maybe yeah. they would take a, you know, they, they might take a step back this year because they're completely changing. And, and we didn't know at the time when we said it, you mm-hmm. know, they didn't, it wasn't a massive, massive shift in how they played football. No, right, right, right. I mean, they still ran the ball a lot. Right. So, you know, right. But how long is it going to take them to get up to speed There's with this new period, offense? Right. There's an adjustment period. And they did start the season three and two. Mm hmm. Yeah, the rest of the division didn't have any adjust, right. big adjustment. Right. Fortunately yeah. for them, they you know they they played some teams that they were able to win some of those yeah, games early, yeah. um, and then they and, really put together. Yeah, and yeah. then they put it together. But there's always that adjustment period with that. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I would love to do a study in the last ten years, new coaching staffs, first month of the season. I bet they hit like thirty three percent of their games. I mean, I bet I'm guarantee it's under five hundred. Yeah, you mean know, because you don't inherit great teams to begin with, but. You know, like the Texans are a good example. They get wiped out by Baltimore, and then they started to find themselves yeah. in this league this year. You know, yeah. rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. You know, that, that's how it happens. And and you wonder, too, like, is that a reason to go at, you know, if you're one of these one of these teams that's making some changes, mm-hmm. do, you, do you look at that and say, well, we think we're a pretty good team, so we're going to go get an experienced guy? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of interesting coaching candidates out there this year. And I hope people just don't get the hot offensive play caller, play designer guy that may or may not be able to lead people. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, because you, they could go back to the well with. I mean, there's some big fishes. I mean, there's Vrabel now, maybe Belichick, probably Belichick, Harbaugh. You I mean guys that have been around the block that are going to be expensive that have won a lot of games. You know, or even you know, like a Rivera, he's not going to get rehired, but you could bring him in as like your senior assistant. You know, that poor guy had to do. Oh. he had to like. 
Put the decals on the helmets. Literally, yeah, the the face of the franchise (laughs) in in Washington. He's mowing the lawn and painting the because the owner couldn't the the owner couldn't be around the team. No, right. He had like own GM and head coach that thing for a while, and they weren't good. I'm not saying they shouldn't have made a change, but he has value to an organization. You know, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to another break. He is the Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And, uh, Matt, um, you know, you, you can look at a lot of different things. Um, well, before I do that, let me do the uh, uh, Steeler fans gear up yeah. with the latest sideline apparels, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Eckershire Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop.steelers.com. Now that we have that little uh, yeah, part of the nugget, go get on uh, that. Yeah, go, go do that. Um, Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. will start this game for the Steelers. He's throwing 74 passes this year. And th- yeah. He's the highest rated quarterback in the NFL in terms of passer rating. Yeah. With 74 or more attempts. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, not the guys with two passes. You know, right. Yeah, not the guys who started a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, his numbers are as good as anyone's. A 74.3% completion percentage, mm-hmm. which is the highest in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, what he's done has been amazing. I mean, Can this continue? Is this like... No. <laughs> I mean... Not at this level. Right, again. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be first and second in every category, basically. Um, but I do think... I don't know. I mean... I am not impressed with Cincy or Seattle's defense, and I'm super impressed with Baltimore's, but they did rest some dudes. But there was also weather there, too, and he still completed 90% of his passes. I mean, he wasn't driving 20-yard outs because no one on the planet could do that, so they you know, adapted around him. Could he be a successful NFL starting quarterback? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm open to that. Yeah, yeah if, I mean, I'm open to that. If you run the ball the way the Steelers have run mm-hmm. the ball— in recent weeks, and uh, there's some crazy numbers here that uh, Michael uh, Burge from the, the Steelers came up with here. Oh, like, really? Um, of, of what the Steelers have done recently Just in, terms of run the ball. in terms of running the ball. Since week nine, the Steelers ranked top five in rushes, 323 rushing attempts. That led the league. Okay. Uh, rushing yards, they were second with 1,452. Okay. Uh, longest rush, 74 yards. That was second. Uh, yards per carry, uh, uh, yards after contact. I'm sorry for per rush. Three point three seven yards after contact. After contact. That's uh, really second good, in the yeah. league. Uh, Ten plus yard rushes. They had thirty nine of those. That was fourth. Wow. Uh, first downs by rush seventy nine, which was third. Uh, they were rushing touchdowns. They had thirteen, which was tied for second. Uh, rushes per game thirty two point three, which is second. Rushing yards per game one hundred forty five point two, which was second. And They're all t- top of the list. Yeah, yeah ten plus rushing yards per game. Uh, they had three point nine, which was fifth. Wow. I mean, the, the running game has been was been top notch. Like, if you can do that, yeah. I'm not saying you or I could play quarterback, <laughs> but it sure as heck makes things a lot easier on your quarterback. It sure does. I mean, for the whole season, only three offenses have a higher percentage of their runs go for 15 or more yards. And neither one of those guys is super burner, Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson type. 
Only seven offenses generate more yards per carry after first contact. And this is including the first months of the season. When it was I mean, bad, when yeah. It was bad, right. And the other thing I dug up with Rudolph is of all those passers with 74 or more attempts, which was his number, Tyrod Taylor, which this is subjective, but with, you know, we, we talk about ter- turnover worthy throws. That's yeah. a pure pro football focus thing. But Tyrod Taylor is the only one with a better rate than Rudolph. So it's not like. Yeah, I'm always getting away with some stuff. You yeah, know, like not at all. I mean, he's making phenomenal decisions, and maybe that's what he's doing better than anything. No, there's no doubt about. Yeah, it. I yeah. mean, you know, Baltimore uh, Williams jumped the first pass yeah, of the that game that he could have gone, gone poorly. That yeah. could have gone poorly. Yeah, he didn't catch it. All right. Um, and I, I heard people. Well, you know, that's their backups. No, he's not. He's not. He's a borderline he's a, Pro Bowl free former safety. Former Pro right. Bowl free safety. He's making like eight million a year. <laughs> yeah, they're paying that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Sometimes you get away with those things a of little course. bit. Of course, right? Um, I mean, you you're going to have turnover-worthy plays. I mean, if you're a starting quarterback, those happen. You yeah, know? they happen. But if you think about it, after that, it was nineteen or eighteen and nineteen passing the ball, throwing mm-hmm. the ball. And in I don't that remember weather. any that were really in harm's way or ooh, I got, got away with he that made one. a couple yeah, plays. Right. that was like I can't believe he got that off. Hundred mm-hmm. like, percent. His timing's been really good. His ability to hold the ball until the right moment has been really good layering the football. Those were things he was really good at Oklahoma State, too. Yeah. You know, like, people forget, like, he was a pretty sound prospect as a passer and knows some of the, had some of those things coming in his, you know, coming into the league. It, it, it begs the question, and I know a lot of people have been asking this, and maybe we don't have enough time to, to handle this right now, but what do you do next year if Mason Rudolph leads you to a playoff win this week? Even if even if you lose this game and he— yeah, I think and, it doesn't even matter and he plays from here on out. okay. Yeah. He does. He's not. The I mean, reason, frankly, he's not the on his face in this the, game. Yeah. I still don't know that I changed my tune of what he is as a player. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be first in the league in passer rating right, for the yeah. rest of his career. No. You know, so. But I sent you a list today from Mike Clay of of the pending free agents. I mean, I already know what I would do at quarterback. Is I would cut Trubisky, okay, and I would and Trubisky's making nice backup money. I think it's like eight million a year. I would take that exact same contract and hand it to Mason and say, what do you think of this? Yeah. There's some people out there for him. they feel like that, oh, he's going to get a starting offer somewhere. So this is this is from oh, Mike Clay from ESPN. Offer. This is his his quarterback rankings going in the fr- current free agent mm-hmm. to be quarterbacks. He's got Cousins, one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew. We can, you know, or yeah. Joe Flacco. Eh. He's old. Jacoby Brissett. Okay, I'm a percent. I think, fan. I think yeah, he yeah. should be better than that. Ryan Tannehill, yeah. Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor, Josh Dobbs. Ugh. I don't see that. I mean, he's like the third string. Now. Yeah, Drew Locke, Marcus Mariota, and then Mason Rudolph. But then after him, Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. Easton Stick, Tyler Huntley, Carson Wentz, Trevor Simeon, Blaine Gabbert. Okay, I mean, how many on that list will be guaranteed a Week One starting job besides Cousins? Maybe none. Maybe Mayfield if he resigns with Tampa. With Tampa is yeah. a yes, but Rudolph won't be anywhere. I mean, unless he wins a Super Bowl, I could. Uh, well, guaranteed. Where Atlanta is going to be drafting is going to be interesting mm-hmm. because they may not be in a spot where they can get one of those. I mean, the top three quarterbacks. If he were competing against Ritter, maybe he'd get guaranteed it. Yeah. But I doubt that would be their only answer. You know, right? Like I, I think it would be that and. McCarthy or Penix or trade for Fields or or Brissett or Brissett or something like that. So, if I'm Rudolph, I'd be very interested in coming back. 
if I can make a similar deal to Trubisky, maybe with a lot of incentives, hey, if you start X amount of games. Yeah. And frankly, I would say this is an open competition between Rudolph and Pickett. I mean, I think that's the fairest thing to handle all those guys and truly have a competition right down the middle. And I would never turn my nose up starting in maybe round three if there's another guy. I think I think you're at that point where, yeah, you could draft a young guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never a terrible idea. No. I mean, if you don't have the guy, right. then you keep drafting until you get the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take three bites at the apple yeah. or whatever. And that that third guy would not be in the, the competition. I'm not trying to get them yeah. all fighting for battles. No, 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 three. no. But I, I think that's the move for next year. That's what I would do as well. Uh, you know, I would think Rudolph would want to come back here. I would think. To I what mean, he knows. He knows the personnel. He knows everything about mm-hmm. the, the you know the team the roster yeah yes it might be a new offense next year might not we'll see yeah um, but, but you all learn together and yeah you know, I mean I, I'd have I mean unless the playoffs go unbelievably well for him and the Steelers I can't imagine a team just saying you're our starter welcome no. to the team you're our starter no I can't We're, imagine that he's gonna have to comp- he yeah. would be competing no matter where he goes and right in most situations he would be the two which is different than where he was at last year where all the option, all the options that he had, was to go somewhere to be a number three or yeah, to, to yeah, compete yeah. to be the number three. Like if Seattle, or well, Seattle's a good example, we'll give you a nice number two contract, but you're the two. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, Geno's like you, our one. You're younger than him, and maybe he falls off and you take over, but you're the two. You know, I mean, yeah. Is that what you want to do? I mean, here I think he could at least compete for the one. Yeah, you know. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to do it for hour number one. There's no uh, denying how he's played, though. No, there, you can't. The no, he's, he's played well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with hour number two of The Drive right after this. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 